Hi, Bearcats. Welcome back. This is your host, Cece. And I know I talked in the past that I was going to do my podcast a little different this year and go out to some sports practices. Um, but that's just been really hard to coordinate and hasn't really been producing the best content. So instead, what I'm going to start doing is bringing in some articles that I find online and a couple friends, and I'm going to read them to them and get their honest opinions and reactions to uh, what these articles are discussing. Um, and then once a month, I'm going to be bringing in probably around two to three members of each team and interviewing them and talking about their sport. And that's the way that we're going to incorporate the athletics and the clubs and do it a little bit differently this year. Um, so let's just get started then. So today I have here with me Nico Rodriguez and Connor Polito, and they're going to go ahead and introduce themselves. Go ahead, Connor. Uh, my name is Connor Polito. I am a senior here at McKendree, and I play on the men's water polo team, and I am a business major with the entrepreneurship major also. Nice. Yeah, um, I think this is my second time on the podcast now, but I'm Nico Rodriguez. Uh, I'm the men's water polo team, um, computer science major, and I'm in my fifth year graduating in December. All right, guys. So the first topic I have today is um, an article from BeRecruited.com. It's a blog post from a guy named Zach Aubrey Corona. Um, so it's 36 reasons why 33% of college athletes quit, get cut, or get asked to leave. And I thought this would be interesting to cover as we we're all student athletes ourselves. Um, it'll be 36 reasons, and I want to see how we feel about these reasons. So it starts off with saying, if you know any high school juniors or seniors who are in the college selection process or any college athlete who's struggling with lack of playing time or is contemplating quitting, send them this blog entry. It might really help. My name is Zach Corona. I'm a redshirt freshman baseball player at D Delta State University. DSU is one of the most successful NCAA baseball schools in the United States. I play for a baseball legend, a winner, and a great man. His name is Mike Kinson. He is not only an incredible baseball coach, but a constant mentor. I've been at DSU since fall semester of 2011. Every semester I come back to DSU, an athlete has quit, an athlete drops out, or an athlete is asked to leave. A tradition occurs in college athletics at all levels of the NCAA. 33% will quit or ask to leave before they graduate. No matter how much a recruit falls in love with the school, the sport, or the sport, the facilities nearly 33% will quit or be asked to leave before they graduate. The scenario of quitting or failing is far from unique. Brown University statistics says nearly one in third of the recruited athletes of the class of 2011, 70 out of 221, had quit their sports by 2010. According to a report submitted by the provost by the compliance office, director of athletics Michael Goldberg, who said the numbers are very, very similar year to year. So these are the 36 reasons. These ones have to do with skill level, not being good enough, or not getting playing time. Reason one, many high school stars get cut from their college teams because the player is not good enough for college competition. And, um, I mean, I've never seen that happen personally, like where they just get cut altogether. But we also do have a club program at McKendree for our water polo team, so I feel like they'd just be asked to go to club. Um, but I have seen when high school stars come that they're expecting to be the star here. Like, yeah, I yeah. think you guys can agree with that. I don't know how it is among the other sports, but I believe since it's a small school in the Midwest and just maybe a lot of D2 struggle with this, um, if you're really good in high school, you don't expect the competition to be such a higher level of play and you come here and you're surprised. Yeah, I wonder what, I mean, do the statistics say anything about a difference between like D1, D2, and D3? But I feel like across no, the board, it it's probably it's probably pretty uh, similar. But honestly, I feel like 33% is like, 
not as high as I would have thought. Well, it, like it also low. says like 11% have to medical retire. So yeah, the, that's what I'm saying. So if 11% is medically retired, I mean, do you think so? That means altogether 44% don't make it four years. Wait, so it's the 11% isn't, isn't included the, in the 33%. Oh, okay, okay. So, so it's, for, okay. it's 44% altogether. So True. almost half, which I mean, and there's probably kids from those. I know medical retires that like could come back. Yeah. Like it takes like a year to come back and they're like, honestly, like, nah. Yeah, not, not worth, worth it. it. And yeah. they just like medically retire. So I wonder what percentage like. Actually needed to medically yeah, retire exactly. versus just wanted to. Yeah. Well, who's the guy from um, Pepperdine? Uh, Ken Emden. How he like broke his back. Yeah. Yeah. But and, I like, feel like he I don't was a think third he could come back. Though. He was a third yeah, year. Yeah. I don't think he could come back though. I think but he's that's a true only, like, medical said, that's retire. But, like he like tried to though. So it's like. But I guess they're oh, talking really? about the 33%. So, so that, it's, it's not that, medically. Yeah, yeah, that don't medically leave. I mean, um, well, let's move on to the next reason. Reason two, because the school recruits better freshmen and transfers. Many juniors and seniors are replaced by these players. I mean, if you're a freshman going into a college, going into a sport, you should just know that any playing time you get is valuable. No, and no, but they're talking about older kids quitting because younger kids come in that are better. Oh, really? Cause, yeah, yeah, because that, that makes kids. sense because, like, let's say you're like, oh, you're a freshman, you don't oh, play yeah, that much. Oh, yeah, it, it is. And saying, then you're no, like, oh, when I'm, right. when I'm a junior, I'm, I'm going to get hella play. playing time. Yeah. And then gets to junior year and they recruit a freshman that starts over you and you're like, yes. oh, this kid's not going anywhere. Got it, got it. At that yes. point, like, you're like, oh. Okay. Because like, that, that, that definitely happened my freshman year. Yeah, I have seen that happen. I even, um, there's only one, at my old school, I went to Sonoma State University, as many of you guys know, if you've listened to my podcast, um, and at my old school, there's only one girl that quit on our team, and she quit because she was a junior, and she expected to get playing time as an upperclassman, and ended up having better freshmen come in and replace yeah. her, so I think that is um, a more, a reason that's more common for older yeah, people Yeah, I also know kids that, like, they kind of go into it, and they're, like, don't really, like, athletics isn't really their priority, like, I have a friend yeah, definitely. Who, like, like, they just try to get into, like, a really good school with it. Mm-hmm. And then once they get in, like, they're like, oh, I don't really, I, like, I'm already in the school, so I don't have to, like, I don't have to play this sport. Yeah. And then if it's, like, hard for them, which it will be, because, you know, it's a grind to have to do both things, they usually just, like, quit. Because, like, you, I think you definitely have to sacrifice stuff if you want to actually oh, be, like, 100%. <laughs> playing on a, on a good team, which yeah. most of these teams are. I Yeah, I definitely think that. One gets a check mark from me. That is a reason that people quit. Reason three, lack of playing time is another reason for attrition. Many athletes quit because their playing time is dramatically reduced, which creates discouragement and eventually leads the player to quit. Pretty much the same thing. Do um, you want to go through all of them or you just talk about it? Like, I mean, if there's one we want to talk about, we can, but I feel like that one's pretty much sums up what we've been saying. Um, the next ones have to do with worth ethic and desire not strong enough, can't handle college level of competition. So reason four, the athlete no longer has the passion to practice, practice, excel, or work at his or her sport full-time. Okay, but what do you think about, like, I feel like, do you think recruiting can be to blame a lot? Oh, Because I feel 100%. like, that's what I'm saying, because I feel like if you're a coach, because um, a lot of times if you're coming into a situation and, like, they're, they can't keep up or, like, people are way better than them or something like that, I feel like you're not doing a good job, like, recruiting. Well, that's, like, me, though. Like, I'm from Chicago, Illinois. Water polo is not known there. Like, when I came here, I got my butt beat. Like, it was just brutal as a freshman. Yeah. You know, yeah. Someone that also weighs 185, 5'9". I didn't grow until, like, my sophomore year where I got put on weight. I'm 6'2 now, so it's, like, it truly... Yeah, I mean, does play an effect on I think a smaller sport that. is a lot harder, though, to, you know, blame recruiting because there's only such a small yeah. pool of people to pick from already. And then it's like having to get 
you know, the, where the sports are popular is not in the Midwest and having to recruit athletes to move to the Midwest can be difficult. And then, yeah, yeah. And this, that, I, to, I guess if you're talking about like this specific circumstance, but I'm saying yeah. like, if you're at like a big, big D1 or something oh, like that, yeah, there's, there's more down here about, the kids, though. there's more down here about like recruiting and like having a good relationship with your coach and picking the right school and stuff. So I think, uh, mainly for big schools, it's, it ha- may have to do with the coach or something, but maybe you just don't know what to expect going into college even. Like, there's going to be so many parties, especially at a big school, and you're yeah. going to have to choose every single day to go to sleep on time. You're going to yeah. choose every single day to wake up, and a lot of people are not ready for that when they go to college. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, reason number five, the athlete is not competitive enough on a daily basis. The athlete does not give 100% effort in practice drills every day. The athlete cannot handle day-to-day grind of college athletics and practice preparation. I just don't know how, like, like how can you not come into college and have that grind? Like, if you're, like, one of the best players on your team and, like, you want to go to college, play at the next level of competition, and then you get here and you're just lazy. Like, you're not truly grinding and going to weights and going yeah, to well, practice. I think in well, high that's, like, school. how you see it, though. I mean, because obviously, like, that's what you did. You grinded and then, like, now you play and stuff, like – but I feel like a lot of people, like, if they're not, cur- like, constantly validated by the fact that they're, like, playing and helping their team, they're not going to want to put in the work. It's a mental if mindset, they don't right? See, yeah, if they don't see, like, if they're like, oh, I'm going to put in the work if I'm not going to play. Like, it's, I'm not even gonna, it's not helping the team yeah. or anything. Well, but, like, they're not helping themselves by doing that. Yeah. But, that makes like, sense. That you can only know a player so well, so, I mean, I wouldn't really blame that. Well, I also think that maybe the high school – like it's not as rigorous at all and maybe it doesn't compare like prepare you adequately for like what you're going to face in college like it's you're an athlete all the time on and off the court on out of, or in the pool however you want to say it like you're constantly an athlete where in high school it's like oh yeah i play the sport but it's not part of your identity where like in college it is it becomes your identity yeah. so i think it's just a different level and some people have never been introduced to that like level before um, reason six, the athlete does not work hard enough in the offseason, and the athlete is not a t- dedicated 12-month athlete. Pretty much what we're talking about. Just feel like you definitely have to have the mindset of, like, wanting to be in shape and wanting to constantly get better. And everyone has to have a reason, like, why that they're doing it. And if you don't have that, like, why, I think it's going to get really hard to motivate yourself to go every day. Yeah, and just coming out of shape, too, obviously, is, like, really difficult. Yeah, and that yeah. just... Do you want to talk about the next article? Yeah, we can move on if you want. You think they're getting too? Repetitive? If you want to like skim yeah, through I feel it, like I mean, because we we're, we're just talking about people quitting. Like, I feel like if you a see lot one of them that's are like, based on like similar things. Yeah. Like, I mean, are there any that seem like interesting to you? That, like, oh, I didn't wouldn't that surprise you on there? So I feel like most of them make sense, right? Or the ones that we would. Um, I mean, yeah, I feel like all of them are kind of just the same like, thing, just worded differently. Yeah, I mean, we can move on. I feel like people who just like give up or like they just don't play. And then they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, because if, you if you're not getting injured, because I mean, obviously, if you get injured, then it makes it not yeah, worth it. Yeah, it says like it says the player is spending too much time drinking and chasing sex. <laughs> the player does not take their student athlete responsibility serious. Yeah, it's student just prioritization. Players, I feel like they get kicked out of school, get in trouble, yeah. underage drinking. Um, many athletes are so focused on playing for a D one school that they accept a smaller offer because it's Division one, and it becomes their worst nightmare and. They don't like the school pretty much. Yeah, it was too difficult and then for them. Maybe they don't interview the coach enough or their parents push them to do it too hard. It's 
Yeah, you definitely have to, I would say you definitely have to like have a passion for the sport. Because I feel like some people pursue sports just because they're like good at them or because they were put in them. But if you don't genuinely love the sport that you're playing, you're probably not going to enjoy it at the college level because you're just like, you have to prioritize it over other things. And not everyone can prioritize the sport over like some of the other things that are available to you in college to do. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it just takes like a, a, you know, that's why. I think athlete, not like everyone's an athlete. Not everyone's an athlete. I mean, it's just different priorities. Because, like, some people will be like, oh, I can just go to the gym. And then, like, one hour a day, I don't need to, like, play sport and, like, train and do all this stuff with the team. Yeah. It's just a different thing. Like, But I, that's why I think you really have to, like, have a passion for it. You have to want to do this. Absolutely. And and I think that that comes in. It's hard to, to really know if an athlete's like that until they get into the situation. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. All right. Well... The next one we'll talk about is I thought this could be helpful for many of our viewers because in college, we all know that we procrastinate. So it's an article say in Psychology Today by Mark Travers, and it says there are three types of procrastinators. Which one are you? So the first one is the perfectionist. Um, so this is a type A personality, and they can sometimes fall off their own pedestal. They struggle to perform the most basic tasks without going down a procrastination rabbit hole. This happens because perfectionism is, leaves no process for error. And they don't allow themselves to not do it perfectly. So they'll just keep working at it and basically procrastinating, finishing it because they want it to be perfect. I am definitely not that one. So the self-sabotager. The self-sabotager feels relentless discomfort about uncertainty and change and therefore procrastinates to avoid it. Uh, most times it is to avoid stepping out of their comfort zones, robbing themselves of the opportunity to grow or succeed. So they'll... Um, like procrastinate doing important and more urgent tasks like rescheduling a therapy appointment to clean the room. Um, I think that I I kind of do the do that one. I'll be like, oh well, I have to do this, even though my other task might be more important than the task that I'm like trying to replace it with. <laughs> like I just gotta get a task done and I'll feel fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, well, I really needed to do the dishes, and even though I have a paper due at midnight, you yeah. know. <laughs> All right, the next one is the adrenaline junkie. If you always leave every project until the last minute because you work best under pressure, you most likely fall into this category. Some people do it because last minute stress feels good. Others do it because that's when the consequences of their own actions feel real to them. Yeah, yeah. definitely. That's that one. <laughs> I feel like one. I do better work like when it's um, last minute and like I just got to get it done. <laughs> I don't do better work. I just that's the only time I do work. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Because I'm, I'm just chilling. And I'm like, oh, I could finish it in this amount of time, and then. I wait till there's that amount of time left. I'm like, oh, I got to start it. No room for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also, I feel, I feel like, like it forces me to stay on a schedule. Like, because sometimes if I start things without, uh, without, like, without it being close to the finish time, I think I sometimes tend to be in the first one. Where I, like, maybe work on it a lot and stuff like that just because I have hella time. So yeah. I'm like, oh, I can just keep it. I don't have to finish right now. Yeah. But once I, like, put myself on that strict schedule, I, like, it forces me to, like, stay focused and grind it out instead of, like, dilly-dallying and wasting yeah. time. Yeah, I feel that. If I give myself too much time, then I almost won't get it done. Yeah, or I'll like, waste time while I'm doing it because yeah. it's not urgent. I'm just like, oh, I'll go on my phone and it'll take me way longer way to do longer, it. Way longer, yeah. Then when I'm like, okay, this is it's crunch time. Yeah, now, I feel that. have you guys ever just, like, started something and then, like, you can finish it, like, without looking, like, at your phone? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. Because, like, when I yeah. start it, <laughs> eh, I mean, it's kind of it hard. It depends how long, whatever it is, but... When you have, like, usually. a text from, like, a friend, hey, yo, play some, like, Call of Duty, it's just, like, <laughs> essay, like, Call of Duty. I put, my, I put my phone on Do Not Disturb, honestly, and I just, like, put it face down. 
That's like, because I... I think men would be more likely, though, to be the last one, and women would be more likely to be the one I said. Now, why is that, do you think? I, I don't know. I've noticed a lot of my friends will tell me that they do things like that, too, the ones that are women, at least, that they'll almost replace tasks, be like, oh, like, you need me to, you know, come help you do this? Oh, well, I have an essay to write, but I guess I can come help you. And they'll just almost, I'll come up with new things for myself to do, and I've heard a lot of... Just so you do don't do too. the thing. Just so I don't do the thing. Yeah, I'll come up like, with like new tasks for myself. I feel like a lot of women can relate to that. I feel like women do do that, but then guys are like, no, I, I, I play some no, FIFA. I think I, like, I think I do, like but, that, but that's the same. Yeah, thing. I feel like guys do that. That's with like, the same thing though, because you're just like, let me do something else before I do the thing, because I don't want to do the thing yet. Yeah, you know? I feel like yeah. men definitely do it with video games, if anything. <laughs> yeah, or like right. hanging out with other boys. So the next article we're going to talk about is going to be unpacking Kanye West anti-Semitic remarks. So this is going to be yay. This is on formerly known as Kanye West. This is on ADL.org. So the original post from October 14th. Ye, formerly known as Kanye West, has recently used his media presence and social influence to expose anti-Semitic tropes about Jewish intimidation, power, and control. On October 6th, Yee joined Fox News' Tucker Carlson after his decision to wear a White Lives Matter shirt at the Paris Fashion Week. During the interview, some of which is not aired, Yee made a series of offensive and controversial claims about Jewish people and Jewish identity. Yee claimed that Jews are actually black people, saying that when he refers to Jews, he means the 12 lost tribes of Judah, the blood of Christ, who the people known as the race black are really yeah, are. Yeah, that was uh, that was the stuff Kyrie was talking about too. Did you hear about that? No. Ky- no? Kyrie Irving was saying the same stuff. Really? And they were interviewing him about it. Like around the um, same timeline, about a month ago. Yeah, about like there's like a he's saying how there's like a lost tribe from Africa that ended up going over to, like, I guess be freed by. Now, like, where do you get the like information? Well, that he posted, like a, he like got that. in trouble, or he didn't get in trouble. He got heat because he posted a documentary about it on his Twitter. He posted a oh. link to the documentary that talks about that, and they're saying that that documentary contains anti-Semitic things in it. Yeah, but but I if mean, it's it like defi- facts. No, it's like not. Well, no, it's stuff. definitely not. I mean, some of it's historical. Obviously, he's talking about the past, but it's definitely not like facts because it's like no one really knows what happened five thousand years ago. But like, and, and I guess people say that it could be construed in like an anti-Semitic way. I haven't seen it or anything. Yeah. But my thing is like, why do they get heat if it's like, he's not the president, he's not like making decisions. Like, okay, one's a basketball player, mm-hmm. the other one's an artist. Yeah, it just says like they're using their sh- social media presence and influence. And I don't understand why they're being punished for that. Like, if I they want to use it that way, then who's to stop them, I guess? Yeah, like. It's freedom of speech, like. But but people saying like it can cause violence though. So I mean, like because if you think it's like obviously they're thinking he's speaking to such a large group of people yeah. and he's sharing these things that could be like anti-Semitic and like we've seen it's not like oh nothing's gonna happen if people are anti-Semitic like you've seen in the past that it can be like super serious consequences yeah. to like trying to take the anger out on some other group and then just well, being like, able to like label it. It's the Holocaust. Yeah, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like you, you with things like that in the past, and you're like, oh, it's not a big deal to be anti-Semitic. Like I can get, I can understand the reaction, and, and like why. why? Yeah. But I don't. But the thing is, like, I don't think he's trying to be anti-Semitic. I feel like with yeah. Kyrie Irving as well. I think they're just consuming different media that has a different outlook on the past, and then forming different assumptions about the present that like don't align with other people's, and because they're based off something that other people don't think is true. But I don't mm-hmm. think it's like coming from a place of like anti-Semitism where they're trying to like 
repeat some something of the past and do some like evil stuff about it through like the, yeah. those influences you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? they're, yeah there's yeah and i think it's kind of blown out of proportion in it's that like way. how you say it though too you know yeah like I mean, yeah that's what i'm saying Kyrie articulated it well he's like yo just you or can kanye just it. went out like on a news and, and just yeah said he's it. obviously like, like crazier about it yeah here's what he tweeted I'm a bit sleepy tonight, but when I wake up, I'm going to death con three on Jewish people. The funny Jesus. thing is I actually can't be anti-Semitic because black people are actually Jews. Also, you guys have toyed with me and tried to blackball anyone who ever opposes your agenda. So I wouldn't say Kanye was the best spoken about the No, definitely not. Um, I, topic. I don't think he still stands by that, but it's definitely still not like a like that. acceptable thing to tweet in that sense. But, I mean, what are the repercussions there? Like, I don't see a call to action or anything. Like, people can make their own judgments on him. Yeah. And he can try to explain He's still going to have his following. He's still going to have people that are going to support him. Like, I mean, But, like, what's the argument I, there? They're saying... Yeah, like, my, my thing is, like, they're saying, okay, he is saying these things and that's bad because so many people are seeing them and then he's going to influence these people to do bad things. But then it's like, okay, who's saying that? The media is saying that he's influencing people through things that aren't true. Yeah. It's like, that's what they do. Yeah. You're, like, sure and that's You're what not he, wrong. Yeah, that's what he's trying to point out, I feel like, too. He's like, yo, listen, like, I'm just, I'm just, this is my alternate, what I believe and stuff. But they're, they're spewing their own beliefs as well. Yeah. And then someone deviated from them. And like, yeah, okay, in this sense, I'm not saying that he's right. Yeah. But it's like if it if is there any deviation of what they want you to say, is it gonna be like that? Is that the type of reaction that it's gonna have? What else are they protecting? And I feel like that's maybe what he's trying to point out too, in a sense, is like what are the people that are trying to control the situation? But So they posted an update to the article on October nineteenth and it says Ye continues to amplify anti Semitic tropes and conspiracy theories. During an interview on Revolt TV's Drink Champ series that was posted and then removed, ye repeatedly blames Jewish media and Jewish Zionists for numerous alleged misdeeds stating that Jewish people have owned the black voice and that the Jewish community, especially in the music industry, they'll take us and milk us till we die. Referencing Nation of Islam leader Louis Fracken, he also commented that he was hashtag me tooing the, G- the Jewish culture. I'm saying y'all gotta stand up and admit what you have been doing. He doubled down on his anti-Semitism during an October 17th interview with Chris Como on News Nation, criticizing the so-called Jewish underground media mafia and alleging that every celebrity has Jewish people in their contract. So I what guess, I guess he's just, I don't know, trying to say that there's a Jewish media. He's trying to say yeah, there's like like a collusion between all Jewish people against black people. I mean, I think he's he's definitely just like he's tweaking. Like the thing <laughs> is, like, and like I, I watched an interview. I watched an interview of him. He was talking to Lex Friedman on YouTube, uh-huh. and like. Basically, he was just saying that a lot of the executives are Jewish people. And then he's like, because a lot of the, like, lawyers and executives that run all the corporations are Jewish people, he wants to make the assumption that, like, oh, it's Jewish media because a lot of them are Jewish. But it's like, what he should be doing is calling out the individual. So if he has a problem with this executive, that he happens to be Jewish. But, okay, that doesn't mean he's, like, part of this, yeah, he's part of this grander collusion. Yeah, Jewish culture. he He could be more conscious about how he calls them out instead of wanting to group them in a way that can be seen as anti-Semitic. I agree. You yeah. know what I mean? Because it's like not all of them are Jewish. There's definitely media owners that aren't Jewish. 
are probably involved and stuff. But just because a lot of them are Jewish, he groups them together. But I think he should go after individuals, call out people's names and be like, this owner is a bad owner and screws black people over on their deals instead of just being like Jewish media screws over black people. Yeah, that's definitely. Like, you know. Definitely the wrong way to go about it. Yeah. But interesting take. All right. So. What's next? Next we'll talk about NASA's UFO panel and they're studying unclassified sightings. So a first-of-its-kind panel organized by NASA opened a study on Monday of what governments call unidentified aerial phenomena, commonly termed UFOs, bringing together experts from scientific fields ranging from physics to astrobiology. The 16-member panel convened with little fanfare will focus its inquiry entirely on unclassified sightings and other data collected from civilian, government, and commercial sectors, according to NASA. So... We finally got um, an actual panel looking into UFOs, and I hope they release stuff soon and getting to learn more about what's so out there. Why do you guys think that, like, they're, like, releasing it slowly? You Here, know? Here's my... Like, that's what's scary is it's, like, like they are slowly releasing it because, so, like, it would change religion forever. Uh, yeah, I mean, it would. Here, wait, here, it says 140 I mean, credible sightings documented by military observers since 2004, are now being examined and released. So over 140 credible sightings. Here's my, here's my, tin, here's my tin hat theory on, okay. on this one. Okay. If I'm, if I'm going to be real with you. I think that it's, it's Earth technology. I think someone on this planet is making something that is like next level advanced. And the government want, doesn't want to be like, hey, we think that these people have this next level thing. Um, so we need you guys to like... Help us find out what this yeah. what this thing is. Instead, they're gonna be like, "Oh, it's a unidentified flying object. We don't know what it is. Could be an alien." And then they have people to help them find out what it is. But it's actually just some like crazy high tech stuff. Because using the videos with like some of the drones and the high speed turns and yeah. stuff, they can do. That's nothing that some sort of aircraft could ever do, or some sort of pilot could ever handle. Well, because it would kill you. Yeah, instantly. exactly. The like the G force would be no. And then insane. if you look at like. Older technologies, like older, like I we were talking about it earlier before the podcast, but what was it, the uh, stealth bomber? Yeah, it was right? like twenty. It was like twenty years, yeah, like in use, and then they're like, "Oh, we're gonna retire this here, here to the public." Yeah, they finally declassified <laughs> it after like thirty years. And here's and the public like, it, and then it's like the craziest thing anyone's yeah, seen. It's, it's like yeah. super cutting tech, and this is thirty years old, and who knows how long they're working on it. Yeah, and you know, technology also advances at a faster pace. You know, oh, so it's absolutely. like. Well, what, what there's a reason why now? we're like investing like, what, like two hundred billion dollars like into our military. It's like trillions. This is like oh, most. It's, it's a, oh, it's yeah, trillions. Yeah, oh, definitely. Oh my the military God. budget is crazy. There's, like, there's so much money, and I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That money, bro, Lockheed Martin, Lock, Lockheed Martin, they make money. They make oh. a lot. They got a lot of money. All those government contracts, it's a lot of money, and so but, like, get that's the brightest scary. minds on it too. You get the scary, smartest though. people. You get the best kids from like MIT, all the, the best universities in the world, and you're like, yo, make us the best weapons. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to well, come up with some crazy stuff. And like, that's what I'm saying. 30 years later, that's so, when stuff comes out. So what? You're uh, saying you don't think there's life out there? I don't think there's life out there that's like flying around on our planet. Like, I think there is. Because think about it, right? So like there is how many universes, or, or, or sorry, galaxies are out there? There are hundreds of millions of galaxies. And then like in those galaxies, there's trillions and trillions of stars right and then you know all those stars have planets yeah, like, like ours. you're talking like the fermi's paradox like there's so much is that the odds are there has to be another one 
But I don't think there's one that could reach us that's within being able to reach us. And because the thing is, we know that within like a reasonable distance, there's nothing obvious. So if there was like another Earth-like planet that was doing what we were doing, we'd be able to see it from where we are. So what about some of the sightings? Do you think all the sightings are fake? Yeah, or you from think like all 40 of them years are, ago. What about, like, the, what about the ones where they actually like saw aliens? Like, have you ever heard of the aerial school incident? Yeah, but I haven't heard of like any government confirmed or anything like yeah. that where they've seen like actual aliens. I've seen like the, the ships and stuff like that in videos. But I do think that a lot of that is just advanced. I think all of it is just advanced technology that we have. I mean, like, yeah, but there would have been more sightings of it. Like, like, there would have, like, like, there would be, be so as, much. Yeah. There are a lot of sightings. I mean, there, like yeah, that. there kind of are. So, um, is it 140 or something. <laughs> like yeah, that, right? I'll, I'll tell you guys about this case. So, in 1994, 60 students at the aerial school in Zimbabwe <laughs> claimed to witness an unknown craft descend from the sky and land in a field nearby their school. The incident would, would become known as the aerial school phenomenon in UFO circles, started out as a fairly normal day. At Brack, Break time while the teachers remained inside, the children claimed to have seen a silver disc land on a hill just outside the school. The children reportedly ran to the edge of the school grounds to get a better look, while several claiming they saw figures emerge when, what, and it was what, from what they described as a craft. The children described the event, which they reported as having lasted up to 15 minutes, to their teachers after the break had ended, um, but the teachers were very skeptical. However, when they talked to their parents that night, they had questions that were then asked to the faculty. Well, at this prompting in the intervention of a local UFO researcher. So basically, this UFO researcher comes and interviews all the students, and they all have a pretty alike story. And all of them um, claim that this these figures came out of the UFO and were moving in slow motion. And they could just see them moving in slow motion. So you like- and they couldn't understand how it couldn't be in real time if it was anything that was a part of this planet. So that's like one of the biggest claims that this was actually aliens. And then all of the students at the same time got an image in their head, a saying in their head, and it told them that if they keep treating the planet the way they are treating it, that it's going to d- die, basically, and that they need to be better about their planet. And that's like kind of what sparked like this green movement of America and everything is like, I don't know, I guess these kids were like really scared about it and they would have had nightmares waking them up in the middle of the night saying like, the earth was going to die if they didn't um, like clean it up. Yeah. So there's like a lot of claims that the aliens intentionally came and picked children because they thought the children were the next generation and they would be the most likely to actually listen and believe them and not just be like stunned. Yeah. And, and kids don't lie too. And the reason why... The, nah, nah, I don't know about that. I, okay, <laughs> kids but do like, lie, but, I don't know but here's that. the thing is all the kids are pretty consistent with the story. Yeah. And well, like when it comes to, to this day, they like, I watched a video on this recently. To this day, all of them still claim that it's real. There's, like, I think there's 20 kids in the documentary about it, and all of them are in, like, their late 20s, early 30s now, and they all say that they remember clear as day what happened that day and that it's real. They saw an alien that day. They saw a spacecraft. They got, like, they were never talked to, but telepathically they were sent a message about the Earth and how the Earth was going to die and all this stuff. And, I mean, they seem pretty convinced, and that's one of, like, the most convincing stories I've ever heard. But I, I don't know. It's just like it's school children. Could you Well, like kind kids of, don't lie to like authority though. You know what I mean? I think it could be like, like a big case of uh, some someone's, you know, group psychosis. Like one yeah. kid was like, hey, look or something. Yeah, know. yeah. And they were like, what, they were six? I mean, some of them were older than that. I think the, they didn't they like draw the, like what they saw? Oh uh, Yeah, they the, actually did. They drew and like it was it all too. similar. Think, like, come on. If an advanced life form, right? Because it's, it's, we know that we can't go to anything that has life. Like if we discovered it in a different galaxy, we couldn't go to it ourselves. If they're advanced enough to 
get to us somehow in whatever ships they have, they're super advanced, right? Yeah. Definitely way smarter than us. Do you think they're going to go, do you think they're just going to go down, plop down in a random schoolyard in Zimbabwe and tell these random six-year-olds, hey, listen, you guys need to save the Earth. Here's one of the That's the best way to go. We're going to warn the planet. We're going to travel all the way across galaxies to come tell you. Bro, you can, I can watch a, I can look at a, a, what's it called? A a honey or a beehive. I can look at a beehive and figure out, oh, probably talk to the queen. Like, you know, like it's pretty simple stuff to be like, okay, how do I influence these people with my technology? I can travel all the way here. I'm super advanced. Oh, let me go talk to these kids. Kids, Well, maybe maybe they knew the kids wouldn't hurt them, though, too. Because maybe like government officials or something might try to attract them. They're not worried about that. I don't think they have a next level understanding of of like force fields and physics. Like they they got a spacecraft that just zipped over here from who knows where because we haven't seen them yet. So one of the claims, though, is that aliens actually inhabited Earth um, while, like, the dinosaurs were here. And, like, we don't have any history proving that. And yeah. that they left when, like, the Big Bang happened to go find um, a different planet to live on and, like, inhabit as Earth. And that they've already seen what can happen to the planet Earth and that they have lived through it. And they're basically a lot smarter than us and have lived a whole generation of life on the planet Earth yeah. already and already had it destroyed and then moved somewhere else. So it's... Basically, them just trying to come back and express that. But yeah, I guess you're right. Like I don't, I don't know. For, if they, well, have you heard? Have they been here for hundred years though? Because like the pyramids and stuff. You know yeah, well, yeah. I was gonna say, have you heard? Like, how, like they nuts. they recently found like new ruins and stuff in like the Amazon and like mm-hmm. and like also in like the Middle East and stuff. They found like uh, there's really? one. I think it's called like Je, I forget the name. It's like Gyopoli Teki or something. It's like some weird site, but it's like five thousand years old. And they didn't think that there was, like, organized civilizations, like, that long ago. But now they think that maybe humanity is, like, older than we thought. I would not be surprised. So that's pretty crazy. But do you think that, like, aliens help, like, build the pyramids? And, like, help them? I don't know. There's pyramids everywhere. It's harder for me to believe that the aliens inhabited this earth and then left. Like, I honestly think that they just started a civilization on their other planet they're interested to learn more about the Earth and it's a that, science team know, pretty much that comes here and you think I us. just I feel like that's like almost like some human hubris stuff like you think we're that much better than animals like you think these weird creatures from outer space came and like made us we can I make, really don't we think we're that much above now. monkeys like we can make sheep from from nothing yeah but it's only because from, like, from just genes but like it's only because what we can like teach ourselves things and like talk that's it. But they uh, couldn't do 99, that. 99.9% of your DNA or whatever is the same as a monkey's, like, as a chimp's. <laughs> like, it's like 99 point something or 98%. Yeah, but still, it's just they they were definitely here thousands of years or, or not here, but and you somewhere. Think they like, they learned. Humanity or what? It's like, uh, uh, what's the one movie? Um, Alien Covenant. You ever seen that movie? I've never seen it. So, pretty oh, much, it's like, it's like engineers made us and like made the like the like predator they made uh okay, but so you like think do you think that those that the ufos then that the government's talking about you think those are real ufos then i do because that's what that's what the original well, here, question is right you think they are yeah i, well, I think here, there's definitely a different life form somewhere like there there's no be. way there's that so, the galaxy yeah. is as i'm not big saying there is. isn't other life forms i just don't think they're, they're zipping interested or, in they're like and if they are i don't think they'd just be like they're probably like invisible, like coming like down exactly. here and taking some of our water to sample and yeah, like yeah, exactly. Well, here, like here's the thing. So, um, one of my uh, buddies, Maybe they messed up. One of my buddies was he's in the navy, right? Well, was 
but um, he was on an aircraft carrier doing like watch, yeah. and he saw a light shoot into the ocean, go underwater, instantly. Just just was zooming, yeah. and like he reported it to the to the officer in the tower, yeah. and he said, "Oh, um, don't worry about that. We get that like all the time." Yeah, like it's, Wait, it's, where is he stationed? Do you know? Uh, it wasn't. It was in California. Oh, so in California? so well, like he was on a uh, uh, not tour or yeah tour. And like he was going, just traveling. It could be the, some. It could be some U.S. tech too that they just can't share with people. I mean, and just yeah, like testing but, it, and then they're like, oh, "What is that? Don't worry about it." But like, how does it just go under? Boom, boom, boom. Shoot well, that's up what and people were gone. saying about the stealth bomber before. Like, how does it go subsonic and it can't be detected by radar and stuff? Like, they were making planes that go faster than the speed of sound in like the sixties or seventies, bro. I think seventies for sure. But but you think that them traveling from point a to point b in less than 0.5 seconds is no is technology that we have no uh, not yet but not you think yet. someone else has it not you think yet, a different not country I, has well, that? i'm no, not saying not no yet way. to not yet to no the pu- i'm not saying not yet to the public but i feel oh. like the u.s government could definitely be on some shit like that where i'm not saying there's a they person in there but if there it's some sort of drone that can drone. sort of like get like a vacuum. seconds? Bro, we can get some sort of vacuum. What's the speed of light? How much does the government huh? really hide from us? It's Let's not even close real, to like... that, bro. I'm close to speed no, of light. No, nothing is as fast as the speed of light. But, but it can it's... be, though. No, but I'm saying is like, Never I think know. I think it's government tech. And then I could see them 30 years in the future, bro. Think about Releasing it Think now. about 30 years ago. 1990. Like, think about a phone. Think about like. Okay, yeah. so. Think about so, ships. Okay, like... so you're saying that it's government tech, right? Okay. Yeah. What are what are they using? Because on all of those UFO sightings, there's no engine, there's no yeah. What's government tech? We don't know, bro. They probably invented like some new shit. So then, wouldn't they use that tech? Wouldn't they use that technology for like traveling or 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 like they would slowly put no, it into like engines? Maybe you can't like maybe it can't support a human in it because of G forces or something like that. You know? What yeah, I mean? but they had to start off somewhere, right? Yeah, they're not I couldn't instantly do it. People. It would have started off like testing, you know slowly. Of course, that's what they're doing. That's what yeah. I'm saying. So then, why couldn't they slowly test it into like a train or like, or a train? What do you mean? Because it's who like knows what flying. they're trying to use it for? Maybe it's they're trying not, to use it for something they don't like even want us to know ship. about. Like it's like propulsion or something. Like, like why would why would they even use... need that technology? That's the real question. Well, they're just trying to be. They're, they're always just pushing. We're gonna fight aliens. Like Independence Day. If you had something that fast that you could control, you could strike another country. Instantly before they strike you and they catch, yeah. intercept their missile and like you'd be chilling. You know what I mean? I That's mean, why they push. Hey, did you hear what? Uh, so uh, when you said uh, different country, um, uh, Russia threatened to um, nuke Ukraine, right? Did they? I don't know. About yeah, that. yeah, they yeah. did. And um, the one of the naval uh, commanders for the U.S. military said, if they nuke Russia. In two minutes, Russia's navy would be gone. What do you think? Like, that's insane. Like, in, in two Ukraine minutes, do? Huh? do you think Ukraine should just like surrender? Or? No, no. Think like about it, should, right? Bro. They're not going to beat Russia. If I'm, yeah, but think about it. Great example. Okay, uh, the U.S. was fighting Great Britain, right? Against, uh, you know, that's a great example for their independence, right? Great Britain stopped because they couldn't fund the war anymore, right? Uh, we didn't stop fighting. Right. Yeah, but why do you think Russia is fighting Ukraine? Because they want a they want a country between the NATO nations. Yeah. Think yeah, about it. So would you want a NATO want, nation you, right exactly, on your doorstep? So why did Ukraine join NATO? That was dumb. They're for protection. 
For protection? You wouldn't, you wouldn't, you, protection? You wouldn't want protection by, by the U.S. instantly? No, because I think that if that by them joining NATO, they were instigating Russia. Because Russia yeah. was like, oh. They were already being attacked. They are just taking Crimea, I think. They right? were already they, being attacked, though. They weren't being, there wasn't a war. Yeah, but they were, they were building, fine. I mean, they, they, they were had, building they had troops of, yes, on, on the, the... Yeah, but there wasn't a war yet. And they were fine as long as they... As long as Ukraine didn't become part of NATO, they were going to be fine. They didn't, though. But then Ukraine became part of NATO. No. Or trying to become part of NATO. And once they once they tried to become a part of NATO, Russia was like, no. So what then? So so do you think attacked? it was like, it was a bad idea? What I'm saying is I feel like it was a bad idea for them to try to join NATO because that would only instigate Russia to then start a war with them. Like if they didn't try to join NATO, I don't think they would be in a war with Russia right now. And now that no. they are in a war, now that they are in a war with Russia, I think what they should do is they should probably like uh, just come to an agreement that they won't join NATO and like give Russia whatever. Not why? whatever, well, but like just why would you back here. down to Because you're not gonna beat Russia, bro. Their goal isn't to gonna, beat a Russia. A bunch of people are gonna die and then they're gonna have to come to And like, Russia's getting anyway. their butts kicked right now. They're they are pushing back since, Russia. Yeah. So it's like I don't know. I just I just I just think it's because like, like Poland sad. because like Poland wants to join NATO now, um uh, I just, like, Finland. I, I just am like anti war. I'm just like I feel like they shouldn't have like there were ways to avoid the war even starting. And I think that if they didn't join NATO there wouldn't be a war right now. So that because that happened, I feel like it was a bad decision. But like now that they're in it, like I just think this should come to the quickest resolution. Well, I mean, this has been going on for years. Like it yes. started in two thousand fourteen. Russia was trying to annex Crimea. Yeah. And then, and that's part of uh, Ukraine, right? Yeah, yeah and yeah. So like, basically, that I think that war. was like a super big port, like, though. Right, I mean, yeah, but I'm pretty sure that was like their port. But and it, of, like they have like waterways and stuff. Yeah, and I guess that's their food. Like, so but in all of human history, your land is only your land if you can defend it. Yeah. Right. So they took that land. All right, now okay, okay, they took the land, but it's like, what you're gonna now fight an endless war, just kill a bunch of your troops and stuff. Because uh, it's Russia's not like the doing US, that right US isn't sending people. They're not sending bodies out here. They're just giving them money. No, like, yes. Fighting. There's not hella a US soldiers dying yeah. on the front well, lines. For, I'm not for, saying for, that, for but like they're all. But no, that's but, what I'm saying. But like though. they're in Poland ready. Yeah, they, no, but the, but the, what I'm saying is they're not. Right now they're not like going in and, and sacrificing much US soldiers. They're just giving them a bunch of money so they can keep fighting. So I think that the reason is because they want to weaken Russia. And so if they support someone fighting Russia... They want to embarrass Russia. They want to weaken Russia by supporting the, someone that's fighting against them. But it's like, why do you want war in the first place? That's my thing. I think they wanted the war in order to try to fight Russia through, like, a proxy. But, like, why Why does anyone want war? That's just a bad in general. Like, you shouldn't... You sh your goal shouldn't be to get war so then you can weaken someone else. You should just avoid war altogether. But I guess... That's There's always going to be war. Always. I mean, there can always be better diplomacy, too, though. Not when you have two people that have different... Ideologies. Mm. One wants communism and 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 quite the people. We are democracy and capitalism who want to have freedom of speech. We're like if you if you like badmouth yeah, Putin, you get killed. A, yeah, but what I'm saying is there's still a way. There still was a way to avoid war there, and it's a shame that that wasn't the outcome that came to be. Yeah. Anything anyway. else? Anything else on the docket? Nope, I think that's going to wrap up our episode. Thank you guys for yeah. coming in. Thank you for having thanks me. For, thanks for joining. All right, Bearcats. Have a good rest of your week, and I'll see you next time.